0: We're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith with Pastor Scott Hawkins and Pastor Michael Stoops. You with us, Stoops? I am Pastor Scott. It's good to be with you. Good to be with you. We want to talk today about worship and talking about this thing that we do on Sunday mornings, Saturday nights, or Sunday evenings, coming together as the people of God. We're seeing this as um, a continuation of this idea that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have made a new family, have made a church, have made the body of Christ. They have formed us by their blood, by their sacrifice. They have given us the Holy Spirit to give us life, to create in us a new person, as we talked about with sanctification. They've given us spiritual gifts so that we can go out and serve the world. And they've also given us the gift of worship. The gift of worship is the common habit of this body. It's the thing that we are called to do. It's the thing that, and for me, the most important thing I would like you to hear and to remember as we talk about this is worship is the most real thing that we will do during our whole week. It is the most real thing that we do because... It is the thing that we will be doing for eternity in the presence of God, worshiping him, lifting up his name, um, reminding ourselves of who God is and who we are. That is the thing that in life and in death, we will always be in that position and we will always be worshiping. So having a moment in our week when we get to do the thing that we're going to be doing is connection to the most real that we are. Now, I just want to say one quick caveat there, not a caveat, but a a thing, because when I, so I felt called to ministry very early in my life, um, middle school. And the one thing that I found that made me nervous about going to ministry was I was worried that they were going to force me to do church like all weekend, one time. And I just had to sit and listen to church and sermons all weekend. And I was like, well, if that's the case, maybe I can't do it then. But it was this idea of, you know, worship, just that action all the time. Now, when I'm saying worship, I don't think we're sitting in a pew singing songs all of eternity. We're in the presence of God all of eternity. I think there's work in heaven and those things. And we'll get to that later. But this idea of putting God in his place, giving him the proper due, giving him praise, giving him worship is our eternal position in relationship to God. And we get to be a part of that once a week. And that becomes the center then of who we are and our week together. So, um, brief introduction on worship. Pastor Stoops says, um, "I have gotten us a little awry, but bring us back."
1: Yeah, well, I know. I think I think you're right on uh, in in why worship, as we might commonly use it, um, is uh, is so key and important to our week. Right? The word worship, as we use it in English, comes from the Old English viord script, which means to ascribe worth. So what we're doing in worship is we are ascribing worth to the only one who is worthy. It's us through our prayers, through our praise, through studying the Word together, through the sacraments, all saying God is worthy. He's the only one worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving and our confession. He alone is worthy. And that's a very countercultural message, whereas we might want to worship celebrities or worship this music star, movie star over here instead we start our weeks going this time that we call worship is meant to bleed into everything else but it start it has to start here has to start with us going god alone is worthy and he's god i'm not and and then everything um moves out from that core so then so then it's if if worship is done in that context it shouldn't just stay in that context right Right. and then it gets played out (laughs) in different ways that we ascribe worth to God, we say God is worthy, God is good, God is gracious, God is merciful, as we eat a cheeseburger, as we yep. go to work, as we go to school, as, as we know, love our neighbor, as we help our yeah. neighbor, as we live life right. as a family.
0: Yep, yep, yep. As we go through the rest of our, our wheat, we are are setting ourselves into the proper position. And I, I really I like that reminder that putting who is worthy in that position and— there's this temptation i think then to say well no i don't i don't worship or i don't go to worship and i think what the underlying reality that we all have to accept is all of us worship something right hmm. like we are created <laughs> to worship which is why celebrity works so well you know it's why mm, yeah. people magazine sells so well, and uh, the keeping up with the Kardashians is so attractive and continues to be renewed again and again and again. (laughs) Like, we want to watch these things of people who we go, oh, if I could be like them, if I could have that kind of wealth, if I could have that kind of body, if I could have that kind of ability, and we're putting them into this higher position, and putting them into that place. And so I think we always worship. And The reminder of that is that we are just built. We're built to worship. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be very, very careful then of what we worship. Right? And so worship gives us the proper context of what we are to worship. But do not be deceived, my friends who are listening to this. You're worshiping something. A video game, a celebrity, um, even an idea, a fantasy of oh if if I did a boyfriend, or if I did a girlfriend mm-hmm. if if that thing turns out, then everything will be better like what what is it that you hold on to that makes life bearable, that um, makes you look up and idolize that 's what
1: you 're worshiping well, and i think that 's an important thing to point out is if you will the the religious nature of worship, but the fact that you can be an atheist and yep you can't help but worship like there is just something within us that is drawn to feel in awe or in wonder yes. of something or that need to go um oh have you checked out this latest thing have you seen this latest yeah. star have you seen this latest uh game mm-hmm. have you seen this latest thing right yeah like that's yeah. all yeah. an act of worship
0: yeah that energy of 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 discovering something going, oh this is great mm-hmm. i want to tell their people about it right like what if that was directed towards God and the church and evangelism? Well, and why is it so happened so naturally? Because we're built that way. We're built to, to fix our eyes up. We're built to turn our eyes a different direction. And what worship does is, and when I, now I'm using the word worship as the practice that we do on Sunday morning, is it creates a place for us to do that in the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it kind of—it's, if you will, it becomes the garden that enables us to grow spiritually, um, to grow not just kind of as lone rangers or far-off seeds or weeds, but rather to yeah. grow within a garden that's cared for, intended, and right. is meant for our our joy, and is meant to rightly place our eyes on Jesus. Yes.
0: And so, you know, one of the things that is so— um, I think uh, overlooked is probably not the right word, but one of the responsibilities that Pastor Stoops and I both have in our call is to make sure that worship is done well, make sure that worship is done in the proper way, that that we are thinking very thoughtfully about the different parts of worship. What are we saying? What are we teaching? What are we um, intending to teach here? And I love that garden illustration because we want to make sure that these these gardens are as healthy as possible, as weed-free as possible, knowing there's going to be weeds that get in there. There's going to be issues, but like, it's our responsibility to constantly be like, okay, so what are we saying here? Why, why do we do the confession when we do it? Why, why are those worship songs chosen? Why did we just go through Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday? Like the, all of these things have intentionality to keep us
1: learning through the action of worship. Yeah, and, and I think I'd also speak, if I could speak back to, you know, Teenage Stoops or, or maybe someone else who's yeah. watching, is it can get easy to write off, like, particularly traditional worship, as just kind of boring, or going through the yep. motions, or yep. oh, we just talk to each other. You know, we just read to each other, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, memorize things yeah. and just say them routly. Yeah, and and routely. I think whether
1: whether you uh, feel more at home in uh, a contemporary setting, you know, lasers, fog machine, pyrotechnics, <laughs> uh, or you're more into the smells and bells, kind of traditional, robed liturgical worship. I think both of them are pathways to experience and be transformed and shaped um by jesus for jesus and and so i w- i guess i would just encourage people that especially if if you feel you know the, that the worship service you're going to you're like ah this doesn't really quite jive like lean into it like actually yeah. go well, what are these words we're saying or what are these songs we're singing yep. and and i think that helps us realize how we're being shaped how we're being formed how we're being transformed yep.
0: Yeah. And I would also say, consider what I just mentioned that we as pastors, as um, shepherds are working really hard to be thoughtful about what we're doing. And we spend a lot of time considering what we present, the things we put our time into, what we put our staff's time into, because it is so important to us. It is so important to us that inside that space, God's gospel is proclaimed properly, um, that we're taught who we are properly. The sacraments are set before us in a way that teach us and draws deeper into the life of God. Like, these are all things. And so ask yourself, I wonder, I wonder why they did that. Why did they make that choice? And uh, to be fair, if the answer is, well, we wanted to get more people into the building, Go to another church. <laughs> find find somewhere else to go that is caring about what they're presenting to disciple you and to grow you more like Christ to to have you mature. Um, I, I loved an illustration that Pastor Stoops was talking about before about maturity. Would you be willing to share that right now and our difference when we grow in other areas? Yeah
1: yeah sure it's kind of the idea that um, you know like so if you're whether you're a teenager you're in high school or you're in college or vocational tech or anything you've um, increased your knowledge in some area uh, significantly right you yeah. you understand uh, not just basic math you understand quadratic equations you understand right. statistics you understand uh, electrical components you understand plumbing right. uh, which i don't understand i mean you 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 have increased your knowledge in all these areas but what can so often happen in our spiritual lives is we just stay at the first basic step and that's an important step and it's a true step jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so yep but what happens is as we have grown in so many other areas, emotionally, relationally, physically, intellectually, that the gap between our knowledge that's so specialized in other areas and our knowledge of the things of God, that that gap just becomes insurmountable. And we eventually just go, well, that's just the kiddie pool. And I don't play in the kiddie pool. So we're just going to, you know, I'm going to... I've grown up. I'm past that. Yeah. I'm going to pack up my floaties. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. And so my encouragement for people is that that what we see again and again in the Bible, particularly in Paul's exhortations, is we are to grow, we are to mature, yeah. and and I think sometimes the church has has done a poor job of showing people how to grow and discipling people in that growth. But but that's also a challenge. like it's a challenge yeah. for anyone who's listening, that you know we can stay at the same level, or we can continue to grow and mature into the fullness. You know the the language of the Bible, the fullness of Christ. Yep. Yeah. Then we maturity. don't just kind of Absolutely. go through the motions with worship and all well, that's just because that's what we've done forever well we could yep. learn oh these words were taken from scripture or this song tells uh, the same story in scripture i mean like there's there's just so much richness within two thousand years yep. of the history of christianity which is a global religion um it there is there is a depth i, I think that was the big thing for me like realizing as I came to faith, as I came to trust in Christ, as I felt a call to ministry, is that there is a depth to following Jesus, just a depth to the ways in which Christians have worshipped him that yep. I didn't realize. I just thought it was all kind of surface. It's just, oh, well, are you traditional, contemporary? Those are the big questions. and yep. It's like, oh, there's so much more richness there.
0: Yep. And inside of each of those traditions is so much depth of teaching, so much Mm -hmm. formation, um, so much that's trying to be presented and, and lived through. And so that we, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we have the privilege then of going into the rest of our week with that reality right there. Why? Because we've practiced it. We've just done it. It's formed in us a new kind of person. I, I think about um, Kobe Bryant, who, the late great Kobe Bryant, and he used to practice a thousand shots a day in the offseason. I'm sorry, he would make a thousand shots a day in the offseason, which is crazy. But what he was saying and what he said was that's because when I'm on the court during a game, I don't want to have to think about it. I want my body to just know how to make that shot because it's done it so often. Okay. Let's translate that over into worship. The Lord's prayer, Lord, um, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Is that easy to do? No, much harder than making a shot in an NBA (laughs) basketball game. But as we say that prayer, Week after week after week, that truth forms inside of us, so that we are learning to a the importance of it, and b that bringing to mind those who have sinned against us, those who we are called to forgive. So that then, when we go out into the world on a Monday, on a Friday, and that is brought to our attention again, our natural reaction is to respond out of forgiveness, it's to respond out of grace. Why? We've practiced it. On Sunday morning. It's been a part of who we are. It's not cut off from the rest of our week. It flows into the rest of our week. Kobe's shots in the middle of the summer aren't cut off from the NBA finals in June. No, those are made because of that, right? <laughs> that <laughs> becomes that that part of him. And so we come to worship. To be transformed, for that person to be made new, for things to seep into us. There's an old preacher story that I love where it talks about a radio call-in show. Um, and he says, you know, someone called into the radio show and the radio and said, I have gone to worship for, you know, thousands of times. I've heard thousands of sermons and I only remember but a couple of them. So why should I keep going if I can't remember everything I've learned? And later on that same show, someone calls in and says, you know, I've had thousands and thousands of meals in my life, but I only remember a couple of them. So why should I keep eating them? But I think I would be a much different person if I had only eaten a quarter of those meals, right? We don't realize that the energy I'm getting today is because I ate dinner two nights ago, that my body has that fuel. We don't realize all the things that come into us through sitting in the pew, through having worship songs played, watching people participate in this liturgy that's gone on or the contemporary service that's gone on for years, listening to scripture, listening to preaching, praying prayers, sitting, kneeling, standing, receiving the Lord's Supper, all of these habits then flow into the rest of our week as opposed to, as Soup so rightly said are cut off, and are kept, you know, that Sunday, now I'm going out to be a, a regular person on Monday. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's really about the life-giving rhythms that God's invited us into, um, yep. to begin at that worship, and then continue beyond there. And, and it was interesting at the, you know, the end of what you were saying, uh, you used the word habits, right? And sometimes right. that has become kind of a dirty word in church language and stuff. Oh, you just just did it out of habit or something. It's kind of yeah, this yeah. dismissive thing, but the funny thing is, is if you look at like secular psychologists are really uh, re-engaging this idea of the formative aspect of habits. That habits really oh, do yeah. shape us. And there's like a bunch of productivity gurus. The the right. recent book uh, Atomic Habits, like it's, all... it's a shooting up
0: bestseller list. I, I yeah. listened to it recently. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, and the I mean, just that idea that you know this these you know. So much of our life is governed by habits, and they shape us so much, but we, you know, especially in the church, we can go, oh, well, that's just out of habit. I need to have everything be immediately understandable, immediately Mm. for me. And, like, sometimes you just have to sit in the mystery of the tradition. Uh, Like, don't turn off your brain. I mean, like, actually turn it on to the next level. Continue to grow in that maturity you know where right. where are these words coming from in the scriptures what what theological ideas are going across who is god who am i um in all of this but bit by bit it shapes you bit by bit it forms exactly. you even when you don't think it
0: even when you don't think it and you don't realize that's becoming a habit that's becoming a part of who i am um uh a great story from a friend in seminary who he was very convicted by this because him and his wife were driving to church and they were fighting the whole way into church, you know, about whatever. It doesn't matter what they were fighting about, but they were fighting the whole way. They into church and they put on their smiley, happy faces because, you know, they walked into worship. They pray the Lord's prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive our sinners. And then they go into the car and fight the whole way home. <laughs> but he felt so convicted by going, but that prayer should form me. What, like, I need to, I realize the person who was in that car was not the same person who's praying. If he had never gotten into that worship service to pray that, to think that, that that little bit wouldn't have been broken off during that time. So that the next time that fight can be transformed and the time after that, that's this coming in and the learning through and becoming a new person through that habit. Yeah, that's a great a great illustration or, or the illustration of Kobe just making that shot. So it just becomes, it becomes a habit and it's a, it's a great reality. So I hope that you find a place that you can feel safe in worship, that you can feel challenged and that you can just see God forming in you a new person because it is the most real thing that we'll do throughout our week.
1: Closing thoughts. Amen. We were made to worship, and God has given us the perfect opportunity to grow in it, to be transformed by it on a Sunday morning or Saturday night or Sunday evening with other people who are imperfect but are growing alongside uh, one another, encouraging one another, spurring one another on, so that it actually does pour out into the rest of our week and ultimately into eternity. Amen. Perfect place to end. Okay, my friends. Awesome. We'll see you on the internet some other
0: time. Bye, Stoops. (laughs) Bye, Scott. You're
1: listening to Things of Faith.